2: What's up, people? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. I am so excited to be with you today, and I love bringing on people on here that's going to challenge and transform your thinking. So today I have Morgana Ray, and she is an international best-selling author, an award-winning entrepreneur, and a seven-figure mentor coach for over twenty-seven years, and putting love first to build wealth and impact. Now, she is really widely regarded to be the world's leading authority on transforming relationships with money. And you guys know we love talking about this kind of stuff on here. Morgana, thank you for being here. How are you today? I
1: am doing wonderful. I am getting ready to take off for Costa Rica. Uh, My husband, I met him when I was 45. I got married for the first time in my life when I was 47. And he came up with the idea, let's get married a hundred times in a hundred countries. So in Love the it. last, I guess, what is it? I'm like running out of numbers. I think it's so <laughs> uh, eight years in May, we have already been married 25 times in 20 countries. And Aww. we are gonna add our 26th in Costa Rica because it kind That's of shut beautiful. down for a couple of years for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah, and now <laughs> yeah. we're gonna jump back in. That's beautiful, Morgana. That's beautiful.
2: I actually was just talking to um, an entrepreneur in uh, Costa Rica, and she actually went there for vacation and stayed. She bought a house and stayed. I'm like, okay. She's. I was like, do you speak Spanish? She's like, nope. I said, do you? Did you? Were you with somebody who's from Costa Rica? Nope. She's. Like, I came down here because of the pandemic. I wanted to be in a place that was a little more freeing. She said, I fell in love want a mm-hmm. house.
1: I'm like, alrighty then. So you might stay, Morgana. You might there, stay. <laughs> there are places that are like that. Uh, San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. It's like one of those places nobody goes yeah. once. And mm-hmm. I have been house shopping there. And then our last wedding was in 2019 in Portugal. And now I'm like hooked on Portugal. So I'm open. I've always wanted to spend some time of my life living abroad. And I think That's it would beautiful. be fun to have a second home in another country. So I'm totally open to that possibility.
2: That's exciting because you're doing it with a partner that wants to do it with you. How fun is that?
1: Well, there's there's a piece to that for years. I mean, I met my husband when I was 45, but I had been searching since I saw my first Disney movie at three and I chased (laughs) Brian Patterson under the piano on his fifth birthday and he was the older man so I'd been looking for a really really long time and I had been telling the universe for years because I was going all over the world and speaking on what I'll talk about here relationship with money but I was like speaking in Norway and speaking in Australia and All these amazing places, like fun, gorgeous, romantic places alone. Right. And I wanted to travel the world with the love of my life. And I kept telling the universe that I want to travel the world with the love of my life. And I was just going on bad date after bad date. And then this guy with the like on on one of the online dating apps, OKCupid, named Travel Guy. Oh perfect. And that's who I married. <laughs> that's the perfect name. Right. right. And he's <laughs> the one who came up with the idea, let's get married everywhere in the world. And I oh, was like, gosh. easy, yes. So that is so beautiful
2: that is so beautiful so morgana i love that you started with that right because it just like it just shows the beauty of love and connection and all of that and uh, i do want to talk about you i want to get to know you a little bit better so um i want to know you know well be be a pre you know being speaker and going through all these countries and all that great stuff you know what got you to that point what made you
1: want to even get into all of that <laughs> oh the ugliness by the yeah, way I love and, it. And, and and the the happy love story i mean you know that didn't start out that way either. I'm a late bloomer in everything. So for anybody watching who you think it's too late, it is not. I love that. So I got into coaching in 1994. So we're now in my 28th year, which is, and I'm 50, I just turned 55. So over half of my Mm. life now I've been coaching. (laughs) And (laughs) The thing, I started coaching back when I was an actress because I was living in LA and it's a rule. You know, it's right. like, you can't live here unless you pursue acting. It's like oh. in the bylaws. <laughs> and and I, it was so, so soul crushing. Obviously, I'm not an actor anymore for a reason. But I would, um uh, during one of those super dark nights of the soul that was my entire acting career, I got a flyer for a coaching program for entertainment industry people, a company called Flash Forward. I don't know that it still exists, but uh, it had a testimonial from an actress friend of mine who I had known when she was nobody. And then she became a, you know, very successful. And so um, her testimonial, you know, the whole social proof thing, I was built for me, like, you know, I just, okay, sure. And Mm -hmm. so I took this program and it was so impactful for me that I wanted to be a volunteer coach for them. And that's how I started. So I started Mm -hmm. and I would get just a batch of like actors, writers, directors, and producers who were stuck. And within a couple of weeks, one of them was winning an award. Another one was booking a lead role in a TV series, another one was selling his, you know, first film ever for a million dollars, which was a lot of money back then. And I was so happy helping other people instead of focusing on my own insecurity and, you know, hire me, you know, that people were writing films for me once I started focusing on them. And I was so much happier helping other people that after a year of just Booking everything I auditioned for and working nonstop, I was so miserable as an actress that I quit.
2: Okay, so you were doing both. Oh, okay, so you were still doing, doing acting.
1: I was. I was mm-hmm. originally coaching as a vacation from my own insecurity. It oh, was. It was it. like it was feeding my soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I decided I'm happier and I like myself as a human be- being better when I'm coaching others. So I switched. And then immediately the, oh my God, how do I charge for this thing? Uh, (laughs) People were already spending thousands of dollars, but they were paying somebody else, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I started jumping into coaching schools and I started taking marketing classes. By the way, I was already marketing, coaching all these entertainment people who were winning awards and becoming celebrities, like, you know, names that you would know. And... So i'm taking all these classes to learn how to make money myself and i'm a good student even when i was hit by a car in a a, thrown in a coma for a week came out with a really traumatic brain injury and i was homeless i still graduated as a national merit scholar from high school so you know tell me to do something and i'll do it and i will do it to the best of my ability and Mm I kept taking all these classes, getting more certifications, more, taking more business classes and more people were wanting to hire me. And I was living in Los Angeles, struggling to make a hundred dollars a month Mm. with, you know, testimonials and beautiful marketing and website and business cards and brochures and taglines and a vision board and mantras and people in southern california who will wave their hands and change your money dna and and right. blah 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 right you know I right. the- you try it all yeah right and right. i was still making a hundred dollars a month you know even with more That's and me. more uh T- more certifications, more skills, and it just didn't matter. And I never set out to be a money coach, obviously. Like, okay. you know, it was never the highest value, obviously. Like, right. I like helping people. But I was failing so painfully at this. And I was doing everybody's program out there. Right. So I had affirmations and I, and I'm making a hundred dollars a month, which will pay for rent nowhere in Los right. Angeles, much right. less food or gas or anything. So create, you know, going into debt and still working with a coach. And I hit my bottom. I, I grew up in a with an addict parent. So I grew up with the whole like 12-step language. So I hit my bottom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: After I'd taken this class on overcoming sales objections, where they give you the scripts on, oh, if they say I can't afford it or I don't have time, say this, say this. And it was like, okay, I'm a good student. Put you know my student hat on. And I would go out there and people, I had a reputation, people wanted to hire me. I would overcome their objections. 7 times in a row because I'm a good student. I overcame their objections and 7 times in a row the clients did not show up and did not pay me. And that's when I completely ran out of like my last ounce of hope. Yeah
2: yeah and i can see how that can happen right because i think that's happening actually a lot now as well right i mean you're talking about you know um in the 90s right um and this happens now today morgana because like i I'm, i'm always saying this but i believe it it's like we are inundated with information but we're starving for wisdom and what's happening is we're all like I mean, I was talking about this the other day because I had like like 15 or 20 tabs opened up in my computer. And I'm like, what am I doing? Right. Like this is not this is not productive, um, even though you think you're being productive because you're so busy. But that sounds a lot like my journey before. And a lot of the the clients that I have, too, they're like in this. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm taking that course, this program, that program. I have this coach. I have that. <laughs> it's just like that's the problem, actually. <laughs> it's not the solution. It's actually the problem. How did you
1: figure that? Like, what was that?
0: What was the that
1: moment? Yeah. What was that That's That's the, the, the shift came up like right after that. So here's the thing is all those classes that I took were, most of them were really good classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the coach that I had was a phenomenal coach. And what I've really come to believe, because I've coached thousands of clients over a lot of years now. And it is my experience, both in my own life and coaching others, that when you're actually doing everything you're supposed to be doing, all the things that are supposed to work, right? right. Mm-hmm. That work for other people. And it maybe, maybe they aren't the right things. Maybe the class or the coach is crap. I mean, that happens, but maybe, maybe all that stuff is really good stuff. But when you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing and trying all of it, you know, for a period of time, and the results you're getting really don't match mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. you deserve. and it and mm-hmm. it's even more painful because all these promises are being made when people are selling you stuff, and then you right. feel like such a loser and there's the disappointment mm-hmm. because you put all your hope on if I just learned this. Oh. And that, that's where I was, was like, I had tried everything and I still managed to fail while people who were not getting nearly as good results for their clients were actually making money like grownups. Right, so I had right. that huge shame and rage going on simultaneously. And, and I just, I, I was in such a bad place. I was just, I remember being in that tiny little apartment that I couldn't afford and dragging you know, the little blackout shades closed and getting on my bed and lying down and just screaming and crying and crying and screaming and raging until I had nothing left. And I just, I I didn't want to be alive. I just was frightened. I was furious. And I just really, I didn't know what to do anymore. And when I cried myself completely out, I had two thoughts. One was that maybe money needed to be my next area of spiritual growth both, which doesn't mean that's true for you. I'm from Southern California, like it's in the water. Uh, And maybe if I put, maybe if I hid money in the little spiritual box, I could deal with it. The other thought, which I think is more important, is I got curious about what the heck was going on inside of me that couldn't be with money. And I'd Mm -hmm. never thought of that before. And the change happened, I think I think I had a call with my coach the next day. It was really, really soon. And I poured out all my failure, all my grief, all my rage to my coach. And he, and I don't know where it came from, but he came back with the most bizarre question that changed my life. He asked me, if your money was a person, who would your money be? Hmm. And instantly, I saw, I saw who my money was. And in that moment, my money was this big, scary, dirty, violent biker who terrified me. No problems with it's bikers. It was this one, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that I felt that way about money, that it was dirty or violent or scary or caused fights or wanted to, was a danger to me. I had no idea that I felt that yeah, way. That's interesting. But when I saw that guy, all this stuff that was going on unconsciously was suddenly visible to me. I could suddenly actually see my relationship with money as a real relationship, not some abstract concept.
0: Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. for the
1: first time in my life, my financial circumstances made perfect sense. That no matter what I did, no matter how hard I worked consciously, If subconsciously I knew that money was dangerous, what caused fights was a threat. Unconsciously I would create distance and that's what was happening. So it didn't matter what I did. So I believe very, very strongly in both. I'm not a sit on the couch and visualize a pot of gold kind of coach. I'm not that kind of coach. I really believe that action is Mm -hmm. magical in itself it's empowering and we want you to have all the power Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in my experience when you're taking the actions and things still aren't working you need to look under the hood and for me having been in the coaching world a long time and trying all these other modalities the only thing that really made this relationship real and changeable was when it became a person because suddenly it was so real. And fortunately, I have experience being a human being of a certain number of years of being in relationships with other human beings. Mm -hmm. So I know how to end a relationship. And I knew that if that guy was my money, I could never have money in my life. So he had to go. So Mm -hmm. I got rid of him. We can go into that later. And that created a new problem, which was, Hmm. I live in Los Angeles and now I have no relationship with money at all.
2: Right. Right. Wow.
1: So, and here's something really important because I, you know, want everybody watching and listening to be able to do this for yourselves too, is when the monster, what I now call the money monster is gone, you will know it. And it will feel different than anything you've experienced in your life. Because for me, I never knew that the monster was there until he was gone. And then I was like, wow, he's been around me in my life, a presence my whole life so much that it's like, you know, a fish swimming in water isn't aware of the water. But if you take away the water, it's like, wow, it's gone.
2: Right.
1: So that's good. felt this empty gap. And I thought, I can't leave this empty because I don't want him to come back. Right. And I sure don't want some like rando money monster walking down Sunset Boulevard to (laughs) jump in. right?
2: Right. So I
1: thought, oh dear. So I need to, I need to fill this vacancy immediately Right. With a new relationship with money that I can have in my life. So who could I want so much that I'd want this person, even if it's money, which may sound weird to you. But if you think about the last horrible breakup you've ever had, whether it was a lover or a friend or a boss, job, whatever, the last horrible breakup you ever had, it's like the last thing you want to do is jump into that again. So- right but I needed a relationship with money. So I needed I needed a relationship worth having. So I asked myself that question, who could I want so much? And fortunately, because, because I entered this process with like such strong emotions and the monster was so real and then so gone When I asked myself that question, the new person showed up really easily, Hmm. which, by the way, is unusual for me because I'm like a bad, bad visualizer. And the new person was the complete opposite and didn't feel like money. He felt like love and he was cute and he was tall, dark, handsome, clean cut, and he showed up like... Just spontaneously in my mind's eye, showed up in a tuxedo holding a bouquet of red flowers as if he was taking me out to the theater and, and was wooing me. And the most important and powerful piece was I felt how much he loved me. And I had to pause because, whoa, money mm-hmm. loving me, wanting to woo me was like nothing that had ever crossed my mind before, but it felt so real. And Mm -hmm, the feeling mm -hmm. real is really, really important. So I could feel how much he wanted to be with me. I could feel how much I'd been breaking his heart for years and years and years, pushing him away without knowing I was doing it. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be mean. I didn't want to be that person. And I didn't know how to allow him in. So I asked, because he's a person. He has a mouth, right. right? So I asked, what do you need from me so you can stay with me? Because I could feel he wanted to, but it was up to me. And when you ask, you get an answer. So mm. I asked, and he said, I need you to love me and stop treating me like a monster. And I was like, fair enough. That's it. Okay. What does that look like?
0: And mm. we talked
1: about that. And I just... I had this image of like him trying to bring me gifts for years. And I would go, ew, scary, right? And those gifts would look like clients or people who wanted to hire me saying, how do you work? What do you charge? And I would freak out with all the discomfort in the world of like taking somebody's money as if I was going to harm them when they right. wanted to hire me. Right. So I made a deal and I promised that next time he brought me a gift, I would say, thank you. And that would look like, this is my fee. Isn't he hot? Yeah. And <laughs> I love that. The next day, four people hired me for double what I'd ever charged before. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Wow. First of all, I
2: love this whole thing way of seeing this, this whole perspective that you're throwing on this, because I've never heard it like this before, right? Um, they always talk about, you know, um, thinking about your your energy towards money and, and all that kind of stuff. But I never thought about it as an actual individual or person, because that makes it more relatable. Now you can relate, right? I love that. I really love the way you just did that. Um, and so it's funny, right? That that one question pivoted everything for you because you are already impacting people in a very big way it's it's pretty amazing to me because i'm on the journey as well right it's amazing to me how much when we are um outer focused or other focused how on our game we are like we can make these people soar like it is unbelievable i have that even in my own life watching it and then when it comes to me sometimes i'm like oh I'm struggling with X, you know, and I'm like, but I just helped my client with X, Y, and Z. So I don't know what my problem is, but it's right. Isn't that, isn't that funny how we can do that? Like you can, you almost split and you can actually be this whole different person for them. Right.
1: Remember how I started talking about, you know, finding my person and getting married. Mm -hmm. I had been, this was now in 2012 and I had been you know, teaching what I, this process I call financial alchemy. And I kind of told mm-hmm. you my story, but there, when, in, when I started doing it with other clients, I had to reverse engineer and really figure out how to make it work for other people. Cause I found that just asking, well, if your money was a person, who would your money be? Didn't work for anybody. So yeah. I, it was just luck that it worked for me. So I had to figure right. out how to make it work for others. By the way, I got a call from a client a week ago Friday from a, a, a client who went with me on my Ultimate Money Goddess retreat that I do once a year. I used to do it in Bali. And during the pandemic, I shift to Mexico. And ultimately, I hope to do both, you know, when, mm-hmm. when travel to Asia gets easier. But she she went with me in September and didn't breathe a word of the results until a week ago when she called me and said that she made $1.2 million.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> and I have been teaching this. I, I get better and better and better, you know, as the years go by. So I have more and more and more people in the millions and the tens of millions of dollars results. But... Uh, So by 2012, I'd already, you know, speaking around the world and all that kind of stuff. And I would hear myself teaching and I'd hear myself say things like, you know, if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing and you aren't getting the results. And I would hear myself in the back of my head going, oh my God, that's just like your romantic life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, and I would go shut up. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was like, it was like, I was taking all the classes and, and putting myself out there online and trying so hard and getting my heart broken. And honestly, I started online dating in 1999 and from 1999 until 2012, I would say Mm. at least 50% of the guys who asked me out stood me up on the first date. Mm. I was not good at, I was not good enough at screening. I figured it out. I eventually figured it out. Um, (laughs) But I could write a book on like my, my dating failures. So I'm hearing in the back of my head, this sounds just like this. Right. So I finally... In June of 2012, I dug up my love monster. All the reasons I, over the course of my lifetime, that I would have to protect myself from love.
0: Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Everything, parents, friends, dates, everything that had any kind of juice Mm -hmm. that had broken my heart, that made love unsafe. And by the time I was done building my case, it was really, really clear to me that my love monster wanted to kill me and was endeavoring to do that by punishing me for loving, Mm -hmm. by giving me hope, setting me up just to break my heart until I no longer wanted to live. And it really felt that bad. Mm -hmm. And So I fleshed out, what does this person look like? How big is it really? And I saw this ginormous monster that hated me. That was as big as planet earth, so much bigger than my monster ever was. And then I just knew that I had to destroy it, that only one of us could live.
2: Right, right.
1: And I destroyed it. And I met my husband two months later.
2: Did you feel the same way that you felt with the money? Like, was there a hole there that you had to replace as well?
1: That was interesting because I've done the love monster with others. The client who made the 1.2 million, I also slayed her love monster on that retreat. And mm-hmm. that's also mm-hmm. had positive effects. Um, for me, and I'll just be honest, I that was tricky. Um, Replacing the money monster with the love monster is way, way, way easier. Yeah, was
2: for yeah, me. I would think so mm-hmm. because
1: I didn't want this. I didn't want to define what my love yeah, was. Yeah, I was gonna just going
2: like. to ask that. Yeah, that that's that so makes sense.
1: That was actually I didn't complete it the same way that I usually do, and I left that sort of blank and open mm-hmm. and vague, mm-hmm. and it was still good enough.
2: That's good. And you know, what I, what I like, the reason I asked that question about the whole is because I remember, you know, going through my journey and when I slayed depression in my life and anxiety. And I remember that moment was so pivotal for me because I remember thinking, "Uh oh, what now? You know, like who, who will I be now tomorrow when I wake up without depression and an anxiety because I felt it break. I felt it like leave. Right. So then I was like, I got a little nervous. Like, who am I? Like now, who am I? I'm not this depressed anxiety person anymore. And, um, and it was a hole there. And you're right. I think that we have to be aware of that too. It's it's one thing to break things out of your life, change your money language and, and all of that. It's also very important to find out who you are and, and fill those places, you know? So
1: mm-hmm. I just remembered what I did. Mm. I still had a money, honey, money, honey. Right. So from slaying my money master. That. So what I did, my, you know, the cute guy was I just, I put my money, honey in that hole. Mm. Because, yeah. and this is, I, I become more and more passionate about this every year is money and love are so tightly connected. You cannot separate them. Mm. Uh, if we are not getting paid, it feels like the universe doesn't love us. It feels like rejection. It is the same thing. It's our, our first experience of money in our lifetimes is the love of our parents. They tell us that we're valued. They give us, you know, they they clothe us, shelter us, tell, mm-hmm. tell us if we're lovable or not, if we're safe or not. And that becomes our relationship with money later. But we don't want money to be our parent because- right because we have to be the grownups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any any wounds that you have with parents will show up in a money monster dynamic. So when you slay the money monster, the money, what I now call the money honey, because right. I led a seminar in 2005 and somebody blurted that out and was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> uh, It feels like love because when you slay Mm. the monster, you are, and I really, I haven't gone through the steps and I'll, I know we have like such a teeny tiny period of time and I'll I'll point people to where you can go through it more leisurely. Uh, But when you slay the monster, you are slaying everything that you don't want to accept in your existence. Anything that has ever made you feel powerless, unsafe, unloved, unworthy, anything, it's like- You do not get to stay here. So now, and I've learned this really because every time I've coached this thousands of times and I learned something new with every client and slaying it, obliterating it, not allowing it to have any existence is mm-hmm. a really, really powerful stance to take. Mm-hmm. So where back in the day, my first round it was like, okay, we're breaking up. I don't, that just doesn't fly anymore. Now it's like, right. I want you to blow it up.
2: Right. <laughs> right. Right. And
1: on the other side, all that remains is love. Right. So your honey, whatever you call it, whether it's your money, honey, or your love, honey, or God, honey, um, it's going to feel like love. It's going to feel like an equal, which by the way, I just like totally threw everybody for a loop with the God thing. I've occasionally had clients who needed to slay their God monster because their experience of, of God and existence and religion or whatever was, was bringing up a lot of pain for them. But on the other end, the honey, whatever it is, this is now, this is your new relationship with life itself. This is your new relationship with your existence and with yourself. And it will Mm -hmm. feel like love. It will not feel like money. It will feel like love. Mm
0: -hmm. But because,
1: thank you, because money is an area of life that needs our, our love and our healing so much as individuals and as a species. For us to really honestly survive and not destroy each other and ourselves, we really, yeah. really need to start from a deep well
2: yeah. of
1: yeah. well-being, of I am enough, and enough is enough. And when we when we feel loved, when we feel safe, when we feel whole, then we are more inclined to be generous. We are our best selves. Yeah. My, my whole thing is the more loving you are, the more you prosper. Like when, when my money honey said, I need you to love me. It wasn't that icky, the love of money is the root of all evil. ick ick. ick. It's not scarcity. It's not greed. It's not exploitation. It's not harming. It's that feeling of love that makes you generous, kind, selfless, And at the same time, to make your money honey happy or your love happy or whatever you call it, the best way to make this beloved partner happy is to be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about what it's like for you when you really love somebody who's self-destructing. And what torture that is to be with. What a nightmare that is. Like all you want is for this person you love to get how wonderful they are. Right. To be nice right. to themselves. Your money, honey, wants that too. Your money, honey, really, really, really wants you to see yourself through the eyes of love. So that That's you can mm-hmm. be the powerful, creative, magnificent human being and force of life you are.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, do you, do you um, work with uh, just women or do you work with women and men or who do you work with?
1: I work with a lot of women, obviously, especially since, you know, I started doing my goddess retreats, no Mm -hmm. boys allowed. Uh, But oh my God, yes, I've always coached men. I've the, my, the first client who ever like blew through uh, making, I think it was $1.5 million in six weeks after our first coaching session was a guy. So for a while, men were the bigger money makers, but that's changed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's changed so yeah, sure. I, I love men. And I'm also lucky that I have been coaching men all those years that I was single because men for coaching, they just show up with like all their vulnerability and all their desire to be good men. And Mm -hmm. that was a gift that I needed to not give up on men entirely. And then I ended up marrying just a super kind, wonderful, fun, cute guy.
2: He yeah, likes <laughs> that's so good. he likes to get married a lot. That's all awesome. second
1: date. He said he didn't believe in marriage. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, he's right? changed around
2: quite a bit. Yeah. That's amazing. So Morgana, before I let you go, I do want my audience to know um, you know, how to follow you and, and maybe join your program and be a part of all of that. So can you give us like where everybody can can
1: um, see your content? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because we've had so little time and I don't even think I named the six steps. So everything you want to know is Mm -hmm. available at morganaray.com that's like the mothership so hundreds of articles and videos so freebies there's a easy peasy uh money love quiz that's where you should go on the home page there's a beautiful opt-in with a four-part video series that's great too and the money love quiz it's i promise it's quick, it's easy, it's pain-free. It just assesses where you are on your journey. I believe we are mm. all on the same journey to abundance, to live lives entirely focused on love and lifestyle and legacy. And so you take that quiz and based on where you are, I know what to send you to That's great. take yeah. you forward. And I promise, 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 I always send you something free and I give some advice for what is, you know, your next step. So yeah, you can dive into all the six steps. Uh, take as much time as you need. Uh, my book, which is right behind me is there MorganaRay.com. Everything you need. Yeah. What's the book about? Same thing about money. Financial and love alchemy, and- yeah. 12 months of magic and manifestation. Oh. So yeah, it's about okay. the process Okay. lots more detail and actually even the transcript of a coaching session that I did with somebody, you know, so you can follow the whole journey. And then there's a 12 month system, self-coaching system of magic and manifestation. One of my favorite private clients, Pam, had her first quarter of a million dollar sales month using. Oh, (laughs) I know it's it's the camera. (laughs) Yeah, using my book on her own. Before I ever knew she existed before she hired me oh that's amazing so that's great I created the book because I'm not capable of coaching everybody in the world yeah. right <laughs> right but I want everybody to have a money honey because that'll yeah. make the world a better place so that's why I yeah
2: and I'm, I'm really grateful to you for bringing that here uh, to straight talk because I have a really beautiful audience and it's majority women. Um, but these are like the real, like really important topics that I know they love to listen to. And so I love that you, you showed us a different perspective. That was a really beautiful, different perspective with money. And uh, many people, especially now after COVID are, are doing that they're struggling with that pivot with that change with what money means and all that kind of stuff. So this is going to be super important and a great, Great, um, a great podcast for them to listen to. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be here, Morgana. Thank you thank so much.
1: You. Thank, thank you. you.
2: I'm grateful. And guys, I'm grateful for you. You're always here. You're always like supporting. You're always sharing. So thank you for being a part of Straight Talk No Sugar Added. Again, don't forget to like, subscribe, and all that great stuff. If you have any questions, it's hello at straighttalkno sugar I'm going to make sure to put Morgana's information all underneath on the show notes, and that way you can go ahead and connect with her on, on, on. All of her, uh, her book, her, her, um, her freebies, her program, all that great stuff. So I'll make sure to look that all below. If you guys have any questions, let me know. This is Nina Perez. This is Straight Talk, no sugar added. Until next time.
1: This broadcast is brought to you by WinCheck Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community,